This is a one-off message. We're not really in a series tonight, but we're calling tonight's message Difference because we believe that Christ can make a difference in your life. In fact, my alma mater, which is North Greenville University, right up the road in the bustling burg of Tigerville, South Carolina, the motto of North Greenville is Christ makes the difference. We believe that when Christ enters your life, things change. If you go and read the Gospels, you see that every person that Jesus encounters, they leave changed. Now, some of them with hardened hearts, they walk away, but, but many leave with, with lives changed forever, eternally. And we believe that that's the beauty of the Gospel, that, that who Jesus is and what He has done, is doing, and will ultimately accomplish can change our lives. We believe that it makes an eternal difference. And tonight we're going to celebrate some folks at baptism who are making public professions of faith. When they get dipped down into that water, what they're saying is, Christ has made the difference in my life. And not just for this life, but for the next one. And I'm so excited for that. And again, I'm, I'm hoping that you'll stick around with us for baptism. But I thought tonight we would just talk a little bit about that process. Uh, how many of you, show of hands, have been baptized? Just, just put your hands up. Okay, keep those hands up if you were baptized here at Brookwood. Very cool, very cool. And so you know uh, a lot of kind of how that goes here at Brookwood. Uh, we are very intentional not just to baptize you recklessly. We want to sit and talk with you. We want to understand, is this in fact the step that you are at? And if you go through a baptism class here at Brookwood, uh, you'll hear people talk about a lot of different things. But if you specifically come to a baptism class with me, if you're a high school student and you want to get baptized, maybe tonight the Spirit will begin to stir in you as you watch people get baptized. You're like, you know what, maybe this is the step I need to take. We would love to have that conversation. But we always go over a couple of things. So if you've been through that class with me before, apologies for covering some ground you're already aware of, but it's good for us to remember some of these things. The first is this, salvation is not dependent on you being baptized, okay? You do not have to be baptized to be saved. Now, not everybody believes that. There are different denominations, different belief systems who would say you must be baptized to be saved. To that, I would simply say, look at the thief on the cross. If you're familiar with that story, Jesus is on the verge of death, and he's hanging between two criminals. And one of them says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turns to him and says, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Y'all, there wasn't time for a baptism service, okay? This man was on the verge of death and so was Jesus. And so we look at that and we see baptism is, is not a requirement for salvation, okay? Now the flip side of that, and we, this is also really important, is that baptism doesn't save you. There's nothing magical about the baptism waters, okay? We think it's a public profession of faith. It's an outward symbol of inward transformation. And one of my greatest fears is that people will walk away from a baptism service and think, well, I've been baptized, therefore I'm saved. My eternal ticket is punched to heaven. And that's just not how baptism works. In talking with students over the years and parents over the years, I'm always trying to figure out, is this the right step? And I've, I've had a lot of kind of strange answers. People who think baptism is going to be salvation or it's going to provide some kind of 
magical Christian protection. And guys, there's nothing special about that water, except I'm hoping for all of our sakes today that it's actually warm, okay? Because it's, it's getting cool out there, and if that water's cold, it's going to be a truly memorable experience, okay? But, but there's nothing special about the water, right? So this is an example I always use in baptism class for high school students. This is my wedding ring, okay? You can see that I'm wearing it. If I take off my ring, am I any less married? No. I might be in trouble if I lose it, which I have done before. But it's just a symbol. Five and a half years ago, I stood in front of my closest friends and family, and I entered into a covenant relationship with my wife. And I said, I will always love you in sickness and in health, the good times and bad, the sleepless nights with two kids. Like, that's where we're at right now. But I made that commitment. If I lose my ring, I'm still, still married. It's just a symbol. And that's what baptism is. It symbolizes for everybody to see what's gone on inside your heart, the passing from death to life. Now tonight, if you come out to baptism, you're going to hear this statement over and over and over and over again. As people get ready to go into the water, you'll hear Pastor Perry and myself and JC and Ryan, you'll hear people saying this statement. Based on your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, it's my privilege to baptize you, my brother and sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And here's the statement. You are buried with Christ in baptism, and you are raised to live a brand new life. Let's go ahead and put that on the screen. We've got that on, as a slide for you tonight. You're buried with Christ in baptism. You're raised to live a brand new life. You'll hear that over and over and over tonight. Why do we say that? Is that something that we came up with, that we were real clever and we crafted this statement? Absolutely not. This is straight from the Bible. We want to put this verse up for you. This comes from Colossians 2, verse 12. It says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Now, this is Paul talking thousands of years ago, and he's saying roughly what we say tonight. When you are buried underneath those waters, it's symbolic of when Jesus went into the tomb that borrowed tomb for three days, and then he rose from the dead, defeating sin, defeating death, and we rise from the waters symbolically identifying with Christ's victory. It's a powerful thing. We can't forget, guys, that Jesus is alive. We don't see him, and so sometimes I think we go, yeah, Jesus died for my sins, and like we leave the story there, and that's, it's great news, but the best news is that he rose from the dead. My hope is tonight at baptism, nobody gets just left under that water. That would be horrible, right? Like, I, I don't want anybody to slip and be under there too long. We want to raise them up to new life. We think that's so, so important. Obviously, the raising up out of the water, but also being raised to new life. And what I would say to you tonight is this. New life is available for all of us. For every person who has an encounter with Jesus, new life can be yours. Now we take that verse from 2 Corinthians 5.17. We'll put that up for you. Here Paul says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I don't know your full story. I don't know your entire journey, but what I would be willing to bet is you've done some things in your past you're not proud of. And you feel like you'll never be able to get out from underneath the shadow of those things. That the guilt and the shame will plague you for the rest of your days. 
And what I can confidently tell you as someone who has been following Christ for as long as many of you have been alive is that Christ has set me free from things. Yes, I still made those mistakes. That was the old me. I've been raised to new life in Christ. And I'm not going to pretend like I don't still have temptations or struggles or just really bad days. But in Christ, I know that I'm a new person. Now, that's a, that's a one-time thing. And also, mercies are fresh every morning. I had the opportunity to share with some students on Friday from Lamentations 3. If, if you're taking notes, just jot this down. Lamentations 3.23. It's an Old Testament book that you've probably not read a ton of. But Lamentations 3.23 says that God's mercies are fresh each morning. That means if you've messed up, you don't have to do this thing that we all do. Like we mess up and then we start to try to run and hide from God. Like he doesn't know what we've already done and what we're planning and what we're going to do. In Christ, every day is a chance to start over. Every hour, every minute. You could have had a horrible first half of this day. And new life is, is available to you. Forgiveness is available to you. Maybe you've never taken that step. And if that's you, I just want to invite you. Have a conversation with somebody. Let one of our small group leaders or me or one of our staff just talk with you about Jesus. How he lived a perfect life. He died for the sins of those who would acknowledge his lordship. And how we can have a fresh start in him. Maybe you've taken that step. But you just kind of realize you're, you've drifted off to a place of complacency. And I just want to remind you of when Christ changed your life, when he made a difference in your life. Maybe I could have you reflect back on your baptism, as many of you said you've taken that step. Just remember that Christ has given you new life, and he wants you to live that out. See, the public profession of faith doesn't stop when you come up out of that water. We want to continue to live out transformed life. We talk about that all the time here at Brookwood. We want to see people living transformed life. Transformed life can only happen when we meet Jesus. But it's not just baptism. When you honor your parents, when you love your neighbor, when you forgive your enemy, when you fight against injustice, when you take time to look out for the least of these, I would tell you all of that is a public profession of your faith. You don't always have to stand on a corner with a microphone and scream, Jesus, 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 Jesus at people. Your life can be a testimony to how God has changed you. So I would just ask you to think about tonight, and we'll put this question on the screen for you. How are you living out your faith? Are you living out your faith? If you would claim to follow Christ, can anybody tell by the things you say and the things you do? Oh, well, I go to church on Sundays. That's great. There are a lot of lost people who go to church on Sundays. How are you living out your faith? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and yes, even on Sundays. Christ can make a tremendous difference in your life. Don't forget it. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to get to small group. God, thank you for loving us even though we mess up over and over and over again. Your grace, your mercy is fresh, fresh each morning. And you stand willing and ready to forgive us. I pray if there is one person here who doesn't know you, that you would begin to stir your spirit within them, that they would understand that you are pursuing them, that you love them, and you long to be in relationship with them. For the rest of us, God, I pray you would remind us
of your love and help us to, to leave this place ready to profess our faith in so many different ways. We pray especially now for those who are getting baptized tonight. We just pray this would be a special time for them and their families. God, we just pray that you would give them courage and conviction as they move forward from this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.